Explosion! Welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That is Russian for to sit in a puddle. <laughs> nice, yeah. There, nailed it. It's also an, an expression for embarrassing yourself, which is maybe too applicable Aww. for this weekend. Oh, Drew, that's that's. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of very sensitive people listening today. I feel I know. like uh, I'm one of them. To... Yeah, I know. What a bummer. What a what a weird. What a what a. Ter- I I swear to God, last week I I feel like now between Paul Ricard and this, <laughs> I feel like I am now actively trying to like monkey paw a good season out of this one because yeah, who knew? Who knew? So she could all it needed was Bernie Ecclestone's sprinkler idea, and we have uh, we got a good race on our hands. We sure did, Danny O'Dwyer. I'm Drew Scanlon. How are uh, Rob Zachney is um, uh, out of uh, he's on vacation this week, so uh, it's just going to be us two. How are you doing, Danny? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, that was a fun race. I did not wake up at five a.m., but uh, mm-hmm. I did wake up at I think it was seven a.m. and then have a very interesting experience of watching this in bed on the F1 app and basically skimming through until I caught up with the live feed. So maybe it was like six I woke up actually. Um, and so it was, so it was great because like there were actual parts of this race that were very exciting. And then there were parts of this race that were sort of more of a, the slow tactical brawl you get, especially with huh. tires. Um, and you can see it in the lap charts, and we'll go through it today. It was a, it was, a, it was a fun race, and it'll be a fun race to recap. Yeah, I was, I was riveted the whole time. Um, if if you are new to this podcast, <clears throat> a very warm welcome to you. And if you're new to Formula One itself, boy, you picked a great season to start. Um, uh, we recommend listening to our preseason primer episode if you are such a newbie, uh, because that assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, it's episode 137, then you can jump right up here and get all the fun stuff. Um, also, the show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shiftf1, where every month we release bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash shiftf1 or click the link in the show notes. What's been going on this month, Danny? Yeah, uh, we produced our film review of the Netflix documentary Schumacher, which many of you have, uh, by the looks of our emails as well, have been uh, checking in on. Uh, you can check that out as well as obviously every other, you know, patron exclusive podcast we've done over the past couple of years. If you join up today, uh, we haven't decided what we're doing in November yet. So if you have any suggestions or sorry, October, getting ahead of myself here, um, have any suggestions, feel free to email us or if you're in the uh, Shift F1 Discord, always keeping an eye in there. And of course, thank you so much to all of our terrific title sponsors. Sponsors. Jason, I'm going to do them in opposite order this Ooh. time, just to keep it spicy. Keep the, you know, keep keep it's some like excitement qualifying for our patrons. Exactly. <laughs> Reverse root grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vilshanks, Gnarly Ghost, Tractor Share, Joshua Hain, David Mule, Gulalog, Simon Vilnov, Mo, Juice Stewart, BPM, Bailey Foot, Abdullah Althani, Jason Chadwick, uh, Abraham Getchell, Joe Roberts, Connor McManners, Sam G, Reagan, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, Umberto Roca, Will Romph, and Jason Kelly. Nice. Boy, uh, we have, as you alluded, Danny, uh, a lot to talk about. I thought watching qualifying that like, oh, this is going to end up being more exciting than the race because like, eh, it's Sochi. Um, Q1 and Q2 were fairly standard, but Q3 was was really dramatic. Uh, the whole session had been on intermediate tires which uh, for the newbies out there are for light rain and damp tracks as opposed to the full wet tires, which are for heavy rain, Jason. Uh, But the track dries somewhat by Q3 (laughs) and Russell is the first to put on the slick tires, the dry weather tires, uh, which makes it tricky to drive, but the slicks are much faster than intermediate tires. George Russell, who by the way, is in a Williams and is in Q3 yet again. Yeah. Killer. They should put him in a Mercedes. <laughs> uh, curiously, Mercedes waits to pit um, for a little bit. And so when Hamilton comes in, he makes a mistake, which Dude, never happens. I like jumped out of my seat. It was like, oh, no, this hasn't happened since 
what was it? Was it Malaysia or China? It was one of the other. I don't other even think things. I was watching F1 at that time. That's yeah. how long ago uh, Hamilton messing up in the pit lane uh, happened. I mean, that time it cost him a title. So it wasn't as dramatic as this, but yeah, we had Kimmy crash last week. Remember, he he yeah. he he took yeah took a bit of wall on the way into the pit lane. Yeah, so he was just pushing by the sounds of it in the in the post race interview. But yeah, they had to replace the front wing, right? Yeah, so he he yeah he taps the wall just outside of the pit lane, which um, not only makes his stop slow while they change his front wing, but does the same for Botas, who's right behind him. So he has to wait too. So that means the Mercedes cars will only get one hot lap um, on the slick tires and they have to hustle. So they may not be getting their tires in the right temperature window. These tires are very finicky, as we know. Um, Sure enough, there are other cars that take better advantage of this. Check out this top three in third (laughs) spot. George Russell, man, in second, Carlos signs and on pole position, Lando Norris having you know their best ever you know their best race weekend in living memory uh last week it's uh or sorry at the previous race it's yeah pretty pretty remarkable um terrific all t- all three of them it's one of those situations like the end of Monza again uh, back in 2020 when we were like I don't care who wins I just hope it's one of them <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it feels like uh it feels like the baton has been passed to the youngsters and it just shows you like i don't know i don't know if we were talking a lot in the preseason about you know you see this drift over the course of a era you know when these hybrids came in and and you know mercedes have been so dominant but over the time you do see like teams getting better getting worse whatever it is I don't think any of us expected much change this year because the regulations next year with the cost uh, cap stuff were so stringent and so dramatic that like we were like ah it'll probably be pretty normal this year. And the year. cars it's, are the same. Yeah, it's it's I don't know is it sandbagging at the front? Is it they've all just no. caught up with each other or something else happening? But to see a Williams, a Williams, you just think about them for the past four or five years, like basically they were the sort of the water boys of F1, like running behind the real racing and just like establishing the back. To see them, to see McLaren, to see Ferrari. Yeah. It's just what a, you know, and granted, okay, look, wet qualifying mixes it up. I see it. But even in race pace to see them in the mix, you know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton will start fourth behind him. Daniel Ricciardo, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon and Sebastian Vettel. There are a number of engine penalties and gearbox stuff going on here. So this is the starting grid. Um, I'll get to all of that in a second. Uh, Behind the top 10, we've got Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, Kimi Raikkonen, Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin starting 15th because Valtteri Bottas has an engine penalty. Antonio Giovinazzi has a gearbox penalty. Nicholas Latifi has an engine penalty. Charlotte Claire has an engine penalty. And Max Verstappen with his engine penalty and those three place, uh, that three place grid penalty for the Hamilton collision in the last race will be starting from the back he didn't even set a time in qualifying yeah this is a real let's see what we get out of the out of the we- uh, weekend weekend uh, a race weekend for for max um just compounding all the penalties in one go just to get them all out of the way and we've seen what Bottas and we will likely see what hamilton them having to take uh, a similar thing um which does raise questions for next year comes up in the emails yeah yeah so um and again if you're just joining us you are only allotted so many engines per year. And if you take, uh, if you get your fourth engine into the car for, you know, reliability reasons or for whatever reason you want to do that, uh, you get, you get penalized for that to encourage, um, uh, teams to make more reliable machinery. Um, all right, well, let's get right to it. Danny, take us through the start of this unconventional, uh, grid here. Yeah, very strange. Uh, the, the it's a weird grid too because it has like a little right hander, but it's not. It's like a fake corner, fake out corner, um, and then a decent long stretch down into a pretty fast for an opening F one turn. To be honest, like usually we get these hard breaking zones, but you can carry a lot of speed in turn turn two. Um, as it happens, Carlos Sainz has a horrendous start. Um, 
starting from second. Lando Norris gets first easily. He's basically fighting with George Russell and Ricardo because Hamilton also does not have another great start. Um, but something happens. Uh, Carlos Sainz either hits his boost button or just gets a better, um, uh, you know, changing of gears grip in the second phase of uh, that straight. And as uh, they approach turn one, um, he not only sort of catches up with Norris, but by the time they are entering, uh, sorry, I should say turn two, um, he's actually way ahead of Lando Norris. Uh, zooms past a bunch of them, obviously gets a slipstream as well. There's a bunch of slipstreaming going on here. Um, and has a hard breaking a break into turn two, does lock up his front right, but manages to stick it and keep position. Um, pretty much everyone gets around except Alonso, who ends up going wide and having to take this sort of mandatory little, um, you know, little bollard exit. Did you see what he did before? uh on the alonzo yeah on the um the formation lap he did the same thing he went off deliberately he practiced it just to check out yeah what's going on over here if if i just so happen to go off the track and have to rejoin what's this gonna be like it is interesting you said that because (laughs) when he did it it looked like oh you did that on purpose because there was plenty of space around the outside you know yeah and also and also it's very fernando alonzo to to, to find a way within the rules to do something that no one else would be smart enough to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how he ends up in position because he does re-enter the track in third, but I think he gets swallowed up by um, uh, by the Williams pretty quick at the very least. Uh, other winners on that first lap exchange, Charlotte Claire made up like seven places, I think it was. He, you know, he started pretty far yeah. back, so that that's not so bad. Uh, Lance Stroll also came out really well. He was up to fourth. Um, have, having had a, a terrific start. And Hamilton was the big loser. He got caught up in the little sort of jamble as they entered turn two, uh, having not had a great start. Uh, he had lost three penalties by the time they'd come around. Um, Raikkonen was also up into the points. So there was a bit, bit, bit of shifting going around there. By the end of turn, you know, the lap, you had Giovinazzi, Schumacher, and Sonoda were sitting at the back. So Yuki had a horrific uh, start to the race, lost eight places. Yeah. I'm looking at the lap chart here, and Fernando Alonso, yeah, started sixth, but uh, three laps later um, was an eighth. So I don't know. I don't know about that move. I don't know that it was it was so uh, <laughs> so advantageous. He though uh, I should mention, along with Stroll, Perez, Gasly, uh, started on the hard tire, while everybody else in the top uh, fifteen were on mediums and then uh, all those penalized guys uh, were on hard tires as well in the back of the grid uh, with the exception of Nicholas Latifi. But yeah, Hamilton uh, lap two down three places. He, he then gets by Alonso for that sixth place on the inside of turn four uh, Verstappen uh, also eating up places from the back of the grid, passing Botas on lap sixth for 14th place, which is crucial because I'm sure Mercedes was hoping that Botas would, hold him up a little longer yeah uh yeah i mean mercedes or hamilton is really far ahead from verstappen but it's max verstappen in his red bull you gotta believe that if you're mercedes you are worried about him no matter where he is on the grid uh a few laps later lap 10 verstappen watches a battle between leclerc and Vettel for 11th place (laughs) uh leclerc as you said continuing to to charge up the field leclerc dives deep on the inside of a turn to get ahead of Vettel, but kind of overcooks it, and Vettel executes a nice cutback and gets the place back. Um, Verstappen then tries to follow Vettel through, but nearly gets put into the wall by Leclerc. It looked like he just didn't know he was there uh, and has to back off, but uh, Verstappen does get him a short time later for that 12th place. Um, And at lap 13, there's so much happening at Sochi. I know. Surprising. Uh, that we don't even see Norris take the lead from signs, but on replay, he does get a toe down the back straight and passes uh, on the outside with uh, uh, some some nice a nice feel of the brakes into into that turn. Yeah, it was turned, uh, like I said last week, turn two and turn 13. I think I was surprised how much action was happening after the semicircle. I think that's I think that's four and it's either four or five that turn. There was a lot of people just cutting cutting off there which was really these cars i don't know what it is there's something about this year where they're they're really able to carry speed through mid-speed corners in a way that they weren't before so you're, i don't know what's going on that they have enough downforce or or the arrow is more stable but they're 
you, we've seen it with some of these overtakes where they look on turns where they look like there's almost like drifting going on again you know mm-hmm. so it means that they're able to like throw themselves up the inside of turns and not worry about basically just going straight on exit um at least that's you know maybe that's a recency bias or something but it's certainly something that has been uh um interesting uh for me to see yeah Nor- norris also reading from the hamilton playbook and complaining about his tires but then staying on them forever and doing great laps so <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I, I, you never know if like signs was lulled into some kind of, you know, uh, false sense of security there, but, uh, way to go Norris retaking the lead. Uh, the first round of pit stops starts around lap 11 with, uh, stroll Russell and signs in fourth, third and second, um, behind them though, Ricardo Hamilton, Perez, Alonso Verstappen all hold out. And inherit those positions. Um, all of those, though, except for Ricardo and Hamilton, are on the hard tires. Mm. Um, but they take over the top six. Uh, and on lap 23, it is time for Norris's teammate Ricardo uh, and and his rear gunner, in effect, to pit. But it's a slow stop. And unfortunately for him, he comes out in a bunch of traffic in 12th place, leaving Norris somewhat exposed to Hamilton. Um, albeit Hamilton is 13 seconds behind at this point. Uh, Hamilton then pits on lap 27 and Verstappen follows him hoping, you know, I guess that he can last the rest of the race on medium tires because Verstappen started on hards, uh, to, to sort of stay close to Hamilton and minimize that gap in championship points because they're going into this race. They're only five apart. Yeah. Uh, Every point counts at this stage. Yeah. Including those fastest laps. Yeah. Um, Hamilton has a good stop and comes out ahead of Ricardo. Uh, who had been ahead of him before the pit stop. So he effectively jumps Ricardo in the pits. And then Verstappen slots in behind Ricardo when he comes out, leaving it Hamilton in ninth, then Ricardo, and then Verstappen. Uh, Norris finally pits on lap 28 and retains the effective race lead coming out behind some of those hard tire runners that haven't pitted yet. So it's Perez, Alonso, and Leclerc ahead of him. Um, And then Hamilton... On lap 32, having pitted much later than the cars ahead of him, starts eating up the midfield, and he gets by signs uh, for sixth place, and uh, some some lovely radio from team principal uh, Toto Wolf saying, uh, "Lewis, you can win this race." Which honestly, at this point, I thought was optimistic. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, <of that>? me too. Because <laughs> Lando looked like he, he had such control over this he's way he's way effectively ahead of uh of lewis at this point um he has shown himself to be a really reliable driver um under pressure too right last last race around like there was a lot of just keep your head down and and keep the gap you know Mm -hmm. and did a great job under pressure yeah i mean maybe toto was looking at the radar when he said that because that's that's that was the elephant in the room this whole weekend was the rain uh, you know if you were watching the f2 and f3 stuff it like had they had to postpone races or, or delay we canceled them. free practice three i forgot to mention that yep canceled so free wet. practice three qualifying was the the i think it was the f2 race was like at nighttime because or not nighttime but it was later in the evening because they had to make space for f1 um there was a lot of uh will it rain on sunday kind of coming along and Mm -hmm. it's see like you could see on the television at certain stage like oh okay yeah like that looks bad like on the tv so if that looks bad on the tv that probably looks worse in real life yeah um but so far we're all on uh dry weather tires for stappen on his medium tires is having a tricky has a tricky job to do late in this race because everyone else is either on those hard tires which are lasting much longer or like alonso ran longer than Verstappen on the hard tires to start and have, and thus have fresher medium tires. So on um, lap 38, Alonso uh, does get by Verstappen with what looks like an easy DRS pass down the start, finish straight for sixth place. And at this point, Verstappen's just trying to hold on to those points uh, to not let Hamilton get away with it. Uh, and Norris is trying to hold on to the lead and is doing a really good job of it. Hamilton does close the gap to him, but he can't really get past. Uh, and Norris starts to pull away again. And then the rain comes. Oh, man. And, and for people who don't have maybe... Because Sochi is a tricky track to understand its size. It's the fourth largest... Sorry, fourth longest 
track in the circuit, but it's very long. It like doesn't wide, waste yes wide exactly. It's like it's wider than it is tall, and what that can mean when you're looking at like weather like that is that you kind of have the spa effect of there being parts of this track which are very far away as the crow flies to other parts more so than if you had a sort of more i don't know equilateral or like square shaped circuit you know what i mean so and this is exacerbated probably here where the pit lane is basically on one end of sochi and the sort of sequence of corners which becomes problematic turns five through seven are on the complete opposite end of the track and they will have spotters out there but it means that most of the time for the for the engineers and for the drivers it's the driver basically telling the pit wall what the track is like out there because they're the only ones who really know and it can be dramatically different to what's happening back at uh, the pit wall yeah, and rain in a situation like this with this is six laps to go at this point um, is basically the worst case scenario for the for Lando in front because yeah. if you pit for wet tires and the rain turns out to not be so bad, you've given up your track position. But if you stay out and it does get bad, then you're in the wet on slick tires, potentially risking a lot more, like a retirement if you skid off the track and crash. Um, uh, you're you're also the first to every potential accident because yes. the driver behind you can look at your grip levels. So Lando doesn't know; he has no idea when he's entering every turn, as they did in qualifying, whether or not the grip is there or not. It's kind of just like a cross your fingers type scenario, you know? Where do I lift off? Where do I don't? Whereas Hamilton has the benefit of basically watching a ghost car in front of him do the do the lap so being able to suss out exactly where the grip is and where it isn't so it's just harder being at the front especially if you're the next competitor is just behind you yeah and as you mentioned danny the rain comes in at at one part of the track and um norris does slide off on one corner but manages to remain ahead of to rejoin and remain ahead of hamilton um and a few corners later the track is dry so norris pulls ahead again and at this point if you're norris yeah. you've 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 got to think well it's working so far you know i've i've got to try to keep up this um situation for the race win and if hamilton gets by me you know signs is 30 seconds back so at least i'll get second either if i stay on the track or if i pit for intermediate tires or whatever because yeah. um, the pit he's not thinking about second no, he's not. He's like, I, this is working. Um, and on lap 49, we hear his team ask, what do you think about the inters, uh, meaning the intermediate tires, to which he responds, no. And given the situation, I think I would have done the same thing. And the, he's feeling he's feeling the grip there. He's feeling like it's it's he has it. Like, even though he went off there, you know, that it's at this stage at least. But the problem is rain is a... A curve <laughs> right it can get worse it can get better and it can move yes um so i think norris would have been i mean god I, this is the situation i was looking forward to i was I, I think they they the um you posted a uh, uh an article with the transcript danny which we will link um, yeah in the show notes and i want to get the the verbiage just right about what his team tells him lap 47 okay lando this intensity will stay till the end of the race we think so how do you read that well right you could yeah it's either yeah um the all will be the same yes or the rain intensity will be the same which means it will keep coming down and conditions will get worse yeah, it's a really good example of, I'm sure you know a lot of this from doing like airplane communication, of getting to the point, not being one step away from the point where somebody has to infer yeah. what you actually are saying. What they're actually, I we, we think, and with the benefit of hindsight, what they're actually saying is, it's going to rain like this for the next five laps, and that means that it will be wetter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Whereas you can easily, especially if you're driving an F1 car or flying a plane or doing something that requires a lot of other mental thought, you can easily misinterpret that to be what you'd said, that it's going, this is the consistency you should expect from now. Yeah. So, I know, and it's very difficult to criticize this type of thing, but also this is the most important job of that person is to give clear and concise um, information. Of the team, yeah. Yeah, and to communicate. So, yeah, and you can... There is a transcript of Daniel Ricardo as well in the conversation they had and the difference they had. Um, they're in also different spots. They're well, in very different spots. In in both on the track, but also in, like, in the race, right? Yeah. Like, Lando is, is considering the race win he's got lewis hamilton behind him they it's it's not exactly apples to apples but yeah they they do do a side-by-side uh transcript here if you want to look at it and what's that thing again the 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 sort of psychological um situation of feeling that if you change something it will make it bad but if you stay the course that this is the thing this is like what happens a lot. fallacy or like yes it, no it's, not, it's something else it's it comes up a lot in aircraft stuff actually when yeah. i watch youtube videos. it's that idea of like you think that nothing will change and it happens with, with weather a lot in, in incidents where airplanes get in trouble right mm-hmm. where they're like suddenly ifr and they're they don't know how to fly in weather where it's you you just assume that things will get better all the time you kind of hope that things will get better you don't yeah see the reality of things actually slowly getting worse um because perhaps it wasn't the wrong choice at lap 47 and if it stayed that way but by the time we get to lap 51 it's yeah. like oh man this so, is mercedes either they make the different call so on lap 49 hamilton pits uh signs had also pitted a lap earlier um and in two laps hamilton makes up nearly the entire gap to norris because remember you you eat 25 seconds or so when you pit right but but imagine norris's scenario right where he is struggling for the lead but he is holding hamilton off Mm -hmm. and then hamilton pits yeah so that's that's the best thing that can happen to norris because suddenly his nearest competitor is 30 seconds behind him but also if they don't pit that lap, it's probably already too late. Actually, if yeah. they had, if they pit behind Hamilton, the race is already lost. So all he can really do to salvage the win, which is all he cares about, I think, if he comes second or he comes eight, he's probably as pissed off and sad about it. Lando, right? yeah, they so need to be thinking wants- like, what if I, you know, what could have been totally well the team probably wants the points but for him he's like no i'm gonna win this race like yeah. and now i now the only way i can win this race the only way i can win this race is to stay out and try and wrestle the rain hamilton's made the decision you know earlier and that's that's kind of it and and you can it's like a slow motion car crash because you can see you can see what's happening and all you're doing is praying that the rain isn't that bad but oh my god i have never seen a time tumble so fast i mean it looks like we are watching a, I mean, we are, we're watching a wet race. It looks like, you know, there's spray coming off the cars. It looked like when they were going around behind the safety car at Spa, but Lando Norris is out there on old hard tires and is somehow keeping it on the track. Uh, but Hamilton does finally reach him and two laps from the finish, Norris tries to make a 90-degree right-hander and just can't get the car turned. And Danny, like you said, it is a slow-motion slide off the track. He does a great job of not crashing that car. Yes. Yeah, incredible. Um, So, yeah. Hamilton. It's it's so bad, man. It's so bad. It's just, if you ever want to see how these cars are not like set up like road cars for any situation that like they are purpose built and that the 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 tires are purpose grained watch uh, uh, this race watch the watch a wet at the exactly worn hard tires in the rain against wet tires and see the difference like i would have overtaken lando nars it was just (laughs) on a bicycle oh my goodness it was heartbreaking yeah, it, it reminded me of that time when when Hulkenberg slid off the track and just kind of slowly drifted into the wall, like out of the podium positions. To oh man, yeah, it yeah. was just heartbreaking. But um, 
as as you said before, Danny, now he's really hosed because, you know, everyone else has pitted for wet weather tires. So do you do that and fall way down the order or you try to yeah. salvage this in the end of the rain's just too much? And Norris does pit. Uh, in fact, he, he actually slides out of the pit entry lane and has to come back in, which is against the yeah. rules. Uh, thankfully, only earns him a reprimand from the stewards instead of. A oh, I didn't know penalty. what they were going to do. I thought yeah. they were going to uh, take take the point, take the positions away from him and give Raikkonen seventh. But all right. Yeah, and I have a, a quote here from uh, McLaren team principal Andreas Seidel from RaceFans.net. Uh, quote: As always in these tricky situations, it's communication between the driver and the pit wall using all the information we have available in terms of weather forecast, what the other cars are doing, trying to brief Lando, and at the same time get the feedback from Lando how the conditions are. That's how I'd say that was the decision to be made about what to do, to pit or not. Lando, with the information he had from us, as well as what he was feeling on the track... Uh, he felt good staying out there on the slicks. And in the end, we didn't overrule him as a team. So that's something we need to look into to see what we could have done better. It's a, it's such a tricky one. I think at lap 48, I think it was, when that was the moment where it all went wrong, everything else afterwards was just the the die had been cast at that stage. There was, I think, the reaction to Hamilton for him to try and get second or whatever. I don't really blame them for any of that. But yeah, I think it was just that miscommunication, you know. And also it's just, it's so hard, man. Rain. Like we we don't look at the rest of the grid. How like there were other drivers who toppled down, who, who pitted later. People who pitted early and, you know, Sainz took a risk ultimately but as also, well by doing like, what he did. This happens so fast and cars are yeah. at different places on the track in the geography yeah. of you know the terrain so like you're right yeah. if so, if they would have come in the same lap that signs did was the track mostly dry at that point was was that like i don't know and also like These this is a calls. very long track so if even if they're looking at say signs or someone else maybe maybe you know somebody who's in 10th who's like taking turn five by the time lando gets to it the rain might be worse <laughs> yeah because I mean? they're more spread out on this than you know 19 of the tracks on the calendar so there's there's a lot of like it's so hard to read the tea leaves on this and that's why yeah. spa whenever the rain happens it's it's so crazy because it's like relief rain as well because they're they're mountains so it's harder to like judge when that's going to land where it's going to land um this you know is probably the marine layer coming in off of off of Sochi, right? So it's it's maybe it's a bit more predictable, but they didn't know where it was going to creep. By the end of the race, it was raining at turn five and at the pit lane, but not in the middle. How did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so yeah. it was so hard. Um, I think it was. I, I, I'll like you said the race fans article that has all the um, the uh, the voice communications is pretty long so but i do want to read one section out of it mm -hmm. it's the lap 48 uh chat between um uh the uh, stallard who is the race engineer for dan ricardo and dan ricardo um stallard comes in as lap 48 first cards are pitting enter first cars are pitting enter drs disabled ricardo yeah crazy slippery now daniel copy five laps after this do we need the enter daniel yeah i can't keep it on the track the hards just have no temp Copy Daniel, we'll box. We're in the slap. Yep. Yeah, there he's in. So he made a pretty quick judgment call that the hards were. And he not was going in ninth to... place at that point. Yeah. Um and, yeah, so... and yeah, even even if you I don't know if it was Signs who was the very first, but even if you were watching you're you're McLaren and you're watching the first driver to pit, you don't have time to see how he's doing on the intermediate tires to see like, well, if, if we could do that lap time, would it be advantageous for us? Like, yeah. Anyway, I got, the, I don't... the rain might've gotten worse on turn five by the time Ricardo had gotten around mm -hmm. behind Lando. Maybe by the time Ricardo had made that decision, Norris was already entering sector three. The whole thing totally spins on Hamilton pitting before Lando. It's basically, an, it's like a wet weather undercut. If Hamilton, if Lando pits at that stage, he's definitely second at least. So, yeah, uh, it's just... Yeah. R Race Fans also does um, 
a lap chart for every race, which is pretty cool. You can see uh, lap by lap who's in what position. And you can also, it like gives you a visual indication of like, oh, here's where all the pits happen because like the field oh gets God, scrambled yeah. and everyone dives down a bunch of places. At, this it might be the craziest like five <laughs> lap chunk. It just looks like a, a two-year-old has scribbled on a wall with crayons. What does Max Verstappen look like? Oh man, he, yeah, his his... It's always fun because like there's only one one line that marches up, 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 up and keeps going and then dives back down and then marches up, up. And then, yeah, a complete turnaround here because he's in seventh place um, when the rain happens. Uh, and then he comes out in second. Lando, by the way, rejoins the field in eighth and I think quickly takes Kimi Raikkonen, but he'll finish in seventh. But Lewis Hamilton takes his 100th victory in Formula One. Pow, pow, pow. Uh, I wonder, do you get a letter from Bernie Eccleston or something when you reach 100 wins? Is I that... hope not. <laughs> uh, and get, look who's also in number three, again, um, in the top three. Carlos Sainz. He, he jumped on those new tires when Hamilton did and held on for third place. Uh, way to go, signs in your Ferrari. Uh, and, and just to fill in some other stuff that was happening while the drama at the front was going on, Vettel tried to get past Stroll for ninth place, but Stroll squeezed him into the wall. Somehow they both Oh, God, yeah, that was, that was They were damage. both very lucky to get away from that. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Stroll, he also clipped Gasly a little bit later and spun him, earning himself a 10-second time penalty. They had a rotten race, man. They they suffered under the weather at Spa as well. They're, they're just having a bit of trouble. Who, Alpha with their With their radar. Uh, Gasly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, the result from Sochi looks like this. Lewis Hamilton on top, followed by Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz rounding out the podium behind them. Daniel Ricciardo, the highest McLaren in this race. Uh, and then Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> he also had a from behind drive, uh, got up to fifth spot. Fernando Alonso started in sixth, finished in sixth. Nice work. Uh, which is, <laughs> it is nice work considering how crazy this race was. And then Lando Norris in seventh, Kimi Raikkonen in eighth, Sergio Perez in ninth, and George Russell getting that last point in 10th spot. Behind him, Stroll, Vettel, Gasly, Ocon, and Leclerc finished in 15th. Antonio Giovinazzi in 16th had no radio for the entire race. <laughs> he pitted like lap 50. <laughs> I wonder if they were like waving him in for 10 laps. And he was like, come on. Come <laughs> That's in, why you Gio. got those pit for, boards, you know? For goodness sake. Maybe they just turned it off. They're like, he's not going to be here next year anyway. You know, that's, Jeez. That's, still, still no word on that seat. Uh, that's right. Um, Yuki Tsunoda finished in 17th, Nikita Mazepin 18th, and then Nicholas Latifi and Mick Schumacher were both uh, DNFs. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That was a lot. Um, it was a crazy race. It was gutting. It was, it was, it was the, it was like rain usually spices things up and gives us an unexpectedly good result. Whereas I think this was the one time that like rain came in and the dice just landed back I on mean, Hamilton. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> depends on your perspective, I guess. Um, That's true. But honestly, I, I was loving this race before the rain happened um i i thought this was was it was really cool you know it's always fun watching you know folks like verstappen and botas uh try to fight through the the field with, with penalties great seeing um lando norris hold it down up front again until the rain happened uh fun to see you know the the ferraris kind of doing their weird thing um yeah it was it was great hamilton lurking in the background as always there was I just was more good. overtaking. I, I, and I don't know what was going on. Like, is the aero package on these cars just creating... We saw so much slipstreaming going on. Like, like the DRS zones where people were dead to rights. But also, they were able to follow each other around some of those corner sections easier and then dive down the inside. It was it was really interesting. Yeah. Like, I granted, I, I skipped through sections of this race what i was watching alive um so i didn't i didn't catch every little beat but it did seem like there was a lot more going on than your general 
uh, Sochi. So, yeah, there you go. We'll be missing it. I don't know. It's got one more year. That's right. And then we're off to off to the new place, Segura Park. Well, let's run down the driver standings here. After Sochi, Lewis Hamilton is still on top with uh, 246.5 points. Two points ahead of Max Verstappen in second. Valtteri Bottas is in third with 151. Lando Norris in fourth with 139. And Sergio Perez with 120. Behind him... Uh, Signs with 112 and a half. Charles Leclerc with uh, 104. Daniel Ricciardo with 95. And then a gap down to Pierre Gasly with 66. Fernando Alonso in 10th place with 58. Then we've got Ocon with 45. Vettel with 35. Stroll with 24. Tsunoda with 18. Russell with 16. Then Nicholas Latifi with 7. Kimi Raikkonen with 6. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi with one. Then we've got Mick Schumacher, Robert Kubica, and Nikita Mazepin with zero. Mercedes is still on top of the constructor standings as well with 397.5 points to Red Bull's 364.5. McLaren's in third place with 234 to Ferrari's 216.5. Alpine's in fifth with 103, then Alfa Tori with 84, Aston Martin with 59, Williams with 23, Alfa Romeo with 7, and Gene Haas and team with 0. Should we take it to the news, Danny? Yeah, a little bit of news here. Do you want me to run down some, there's some calendar update stuff Please. I wanted to sort of touch upon? Uh, yeah, so the first is that the mayor of Imola. Well, not the mayor of the racetrack, the mayor of the the region um, in which Imola is in. Uh, they're basically trying to keep it going because it's been really good for tourism and, and everything else. So uh, as a quote here from the mayor, we've submitted a proposal to the government in response to the race in 2020 and 2021. The idea is to have a permanent place on the calendar from 2022 for many years to come. I hope to receive a positive response to this soon. So we've had great races in Imola. Um a lot of fun in the past two years as it came in as a sort of, you know, a saving track like Portimao, a bunch of these, uh, you know, new tracks and returning tracks. So I would be happy to see that. Um, and speaking of other new tracks, uh, the Miami uh, Grand Prix, uh, we have a date for it. It's May 6th through 8th is the, the race weekend. So next the year, height of summer next year. Yeah, yeah. Height of summer. Well, not the height of summer, the start of summer. So pretty, pretty hot in there. As quote from Richard Cregan, who is the CEO of Miami Grand Prix, the circuit construction is progressing in line with expectations, and now we have our date confirmed of Formula One. We can rapidly follow up, revealing more of the detail of the experience that will be enjoyed mm. at the track site, which will make this a truly standout addition to the calendar. This location is already well known for creating unforgettable experiences for events like the Super Bowl and Miami Open. We also look forward to embracing an entirely new global sporting occasion. So there you go there if you ever want to if there's one place in america you don't want to be in in a bunch of crowds it's probably somewhere major city in florida but hopefully by may of 2022 they will have curbed some of that uh global sporting i love my global sporting occasions it's you a, just a, love global, sporting occasions yes. global ones are the best though like yeah. the miami open <laughs> of course that that the hallowed ground of miami uh super bowl also that that's an indoor super bowl is it not uh, indoor as opposed uh, to uh indoor um stadium as opposed to like an open one i it's gonna it, florida rains a lot i think is what i'm saying so oh gotcha. maybe this will okay. be okay who knows uh we had an email earlier as well about somebody saying wait we're getting rid of sochi but won't miami just be one of those um <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> I think we're going to have to wait and see. But yes, uh, it, it may from, be uh, another one of those indie tracks. We'll have to we'll have to see. From Matthew from the hillbilly portion of Indiana. <laughs> Thanks, Ma- Matthew. Ma- Matthew's words, not mine. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a rainy Sochi is okay. And that seems like what we're getting with uh, with Miami. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll 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 give every every track a go. You know what I mean? That's the that's the, we we need at least two years to know if a track is rubbish or not. We never got that with Vietnam. 
who knows what that nightmare was going to be like the weird little wishbone circuit i saw something I, yeah i don't know if this this is a rumor or what but it it sounded like um uh the city was trying to reclaim that space so i think i don't think that will ever happen yeah i mean the, the guy who race. was organizing it was arrested for fraud or something right yeah so <laughs> what a weird probably Formula not a so weird <laughs> it's so weird f1's weird yeah um let's see uh do you want to take just some emails danny yeah, let's do it. Shift F1 podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. Uh, I'm going to take this first one from John Maddock. He says, with Bottas taking the extra engine again, I was wondering what kind of impact this has now that there's a cost cap. Uh, this is a problem. Um, this is the, the, A lot of this stuff is a problem. The, 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 the big issue next year is that not only do we have uh, fewer engines, like this year they have the fewest engines they've had in the modern era, um, uh, but also uh, the uh, incidents that are in crashes for in, for instance like what Bottas had at Imola uh, which is why he has another new engine um, there's no like workaround for the teams the cost cap is the cost cap um, we saw it earlier this year when who was it did Max lose a bit of his his wing or something during qualifying and the Red Bull team asked if they could have it back there was oh, like a yeah it remember? was after, yeah, and it was after um, uh, the incident where Hamilton uh, uh, bumped Verstappen off at Silverstone. I think was that what it was. And that yeah. that, that incurred a, like a million and a half dollars worth of damage or something. And um, oh, that crash! That crashed the, 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 it. Yeah. And then in subsequent crashes, yeah, the Red Bull was like, "Hey, Michael, Michael Massey, can we get our can we get our carbon fiber stack from the track, yeah. please? We don't." <laughs> We're kind of strapped for cash here. Yeah, so it, so this is a genuine, like it's a big uh, sort of nervous thing that a lot of the teams have about next year and the cost cap stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the reprimands are for going over, but presumably they're bad enough as well that they're going to have to account for this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, we won't know. And, and if you watched F1 long enough, you know there are some seasons where a car loses a bunch of engines because of that type of crash and there's some you can go you can go seasons without that happening mm. so it's um you know you just break a bunch of the assembly of the the engines totally fine so yeah we have to wait and see basically uh drew you want to take this one from neil in ireland yes. neil in ireland says hello lads as long-standing f1 aficionados you must have heard your fair share of national anthems over the years Please rank the anthems. Thank you. <laughs> P.S. French one is my favorite. French is good. French is good. I like I, yeah. Yeah. French Italy is fun. I think so. Whenever the Six Nations is on, which is the rugby where all the teams, the European teams, six of them play each other. Um, massive fan of the Italian because the Italian rugby team's rubbish. They always get beaten, but they're they've such a good like. It's like a real like. Yeah. yeah it's it's like I mean, a medley there's a lot of different it's like th- three different songs mashed together it's it yeah i like it it's uh, uh it's also the second most played do you want to know the, the the most played um well let's see if i can guess yeah uh, good idea e- hmm. so all right you ever like you ever hear a song <laughs> on a radio or like in a playlist or something and it ends and you like have this Pavlovian response because you you've listened to the album and you know what song comes next. <laughs> Is this the German and English ones? Yes, I totally have that. Whenever I hear the English national anthem, I always expect the German British, one to come sorry. after. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the British one. Um, because yeah. of Hamilton and, and Mercedes. That's so funny. Um, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. I I actually I have a list here. It's from four years ago. I'm gonna go um, with English. So- or British, yeah, so the British national anthem. Is that the most? So I will say this is four years old and also, so as of Canada 2017, and also okay. I, I'm not quite sure if they, I think this is also including the constructor one that gets played. I'm not quite sure. Um, the British national anthem is the number one. Okay. Um, with 58.5 of all races. Um, Wait, what? The Italian one's next. Wait, what's a 0.5? I mean, 
Well, it's just a percentage of the races, oh, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. sorry. So, yeah, you can you can have that. Um, so 563 out of 963 races uh, as of whatever, 2017. Um, the Italian one's next, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Ferrari dominance. Uh, the German national anthem, as you said. Then the French. Okay. And then the Brazilian. Okay. Of course. There's our, our Ayrton Senna and I'm sure Rubens got a couple and... Not many, no, no Brazilian constructors <laughs> quitting races, as far as I know. Um, and then, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty steep fall off after Austrians after that, actually. And then it's a pretty steep, because that's for Red Bull and stuff. Um, but then it's pretty steep uh, drop-off. Uh, 47 for Finland. And then it's Australian, Argentinian, American, Spanish, Canadian, Sweden. All the way down. And then there's three that have won. Uh, really? The Dutch National Anthem. <laughs> okay, in 2017. 2017. Yeah. Uh, the Polish national ah, anthem, uh-huh. which I assume is Kubica. Sure. Maybe. Wait. Maybe not. Wait. I don't know, though. Can I guess the last one? Yes. Is it Venezuela? It is the Venezuela national <laughs> anthem. And I listened to it before this because I, when I saw the email, and it's pretty good. Okay. It's, it's got a good beat to it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Danny, now that, uh, <laughs> now that you are an American... Yes. Um, I want to hear, for, you know, I, I want to hear your your true, your actual oh, no. thoughts on the uh, American national anthem. Like you uh, can you can be truthful here because they can't I take can. your citizenship they, away. They can't from you kick now. me out now. That's yeah. true. And uh, one of my favorite things actually is not that one. It's the, it's uh, is it America the Brave or something? America the Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you sing a little bit of that? Or oh, just do the melody? Purple Mountains Majesty. Above the something. America. Oh, not that one. There's another one that I heard at a sporting event. And I turned to my wife and said, why the fuck did they change the lyrics to the British National Anthem? Oh, it's... um. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They there, just... there, there is a song, right? It's, yeah. Uh, and it's probably like, because who knows? I, you know, so many anthems are just like sea shanties or something that got, you know, turned into a, a thing. But yeah, there was one of them that I was like, that's God Save the Queen. Yes. Like, yeah, which is, sorry, English people. Land where our fathers died. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an American like version of it. And From God Save the Queen. every mountainside, let freedom ring. Yeah. It's sort of like a, you know, it's it's a middle finger to the crown. Oh, that's okay. Well, that makes sense. If it's, it's like a freedom. sort of a, a variation on a theme. Okay, that makes I sense. I mean, that's exactly why they chose that. And I okay. want to say the tune for the... I mean, we're just completely, just is totally unfounded, but I want to say the tune for the American National Anthem was also a a um, a British tune. The words, of okay. course, were written by Francis Scott Key. But I think the tune... Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, I knew that for my citizenship. Of course you should have, Danny. Star Spangled Uh, Banner. What do I think of Star Spangled Banner? Um, Because I love it. I And I'm I'm biased, of course, but I actually think as a tune, as a song, it's uh, head and shoulders above a lot of the other anthems, which sound, frankly, very similar. Yeah. There's a different genre of, like... You, of national anthem in mainland Europe where it's like our some of these countries have like storied music, musical histories you know uh-huh. so like how does Germany pick its anthem right you know what I mean it's like it's like you know you know do we get Bach or Rachmaninoff to do this <laughs> and Italy is like you know all of these uh, like incredible composers and stuff so the, the, both those people I probably mentioned are probably like Dutch or something and I've just said it wrong but um, yeah I, the American one's like it, it's it's got a good ending to it, which also the Irish one does. Mm. Aaron Levine has like a has a really good like da, da, like crescendo, mm-hmm. which I think is which is important. I think as opposed to God Save the Queen, which is the biggest downer. <laughs> it's such a it's the worst national anthem, easily the worst national anthem because also like half of Scotland and Wales don't give a shit about the Queen, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of England doesn't either. So, I think so, as, a, as a tune, though it 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 it's not that bad. You know, like it's so it's like the it's a baritone song. 
Like anyone can sing it, but nobody can sing it in a way that is interesting or like like evocative. It's okay. such a downer. Yeah. And then you've got the Italian one, which is just like you know, it's just like they're all fucking doing backflips and stuff. Um so it's better than the English national anthem. I'll give you I'll give you that. It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Uh, the Irish national anthem was played uh, uh twice at an F one race. Um, Jordan won four Grand Prix, but uh, at Spa in 1998, the FIA uh, couldn't find a copy of Aaron Levine, so they played God Save the Queen instead. Oh, no! You can't do that! (laughs) So the extra wrinkle in this is that Eddie Jordan and also uh, Eddie Irvine um, are from the north of Ireland. Oh, okay. So so the, the anthem... And I, I think Jordan was registered under, uh, may, uh, under the uh, Motorsport Ireland, which I think is, uh, is a Republic of Ireland thing. But like he's for, so it's weird because Eddie Irvine, whenever he won, the FAA ruling was that you had to have the nas- the anthem under the uh, flag of your passport, basically. And of course, he's a British citizen, so of course they played, um, God Save the Queen, uh, but yeah, they they um. They uh, the other time as well they didn't do it was was because uh, Kimmy I think got a penalty or something so they didn't actually it was like after the race they they won the race technically um but uh, yeah Eddie at one stage requested that they uh, Eddie Jordan that they uh, fly under a neutral shamrock flag uh, mm. on the podium um and that Londonderry Air be played instead of Aaron Levine or God Save the Queen because uh, you also have to imagine that this was the late nineties and it was like a different conversation around yeah you know what version you know with protestants uh, protestant or catholic northern irish people it was a bit tricky so um but yeah it is you know it is quite funny that they play god save the queen because they couldn't find it it's like oh just don't play anything guys just don't do that please that's that's rough oh man uh yeah thank thank you everyone for your emails you can send them in to shift f1 podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails or use the link. Yeah, in send in what you, your thoughts on national anthems. What are good ones? What are bad ones? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have lots to talk about next time around. <laughs> yeah, this, this won't go bad at all. Uh, you can also <laughs> join our fantasy league using the link in the show notes. I did want to run down the, um, the standings from Russia uh, as well as overall. In third place from Russia, from Portugal, vroom, vroom. It's very easy for me to pronounce. Thank you very much. In number two spot in Russia from the United Kingdom, the Honey Badgers. Nice. And uh, wait a minute. <laughs> in number one what? spot from the Netherlands, the 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 name says Yas V. And the name <laughs> or the the team name is Trackside <laughs> Picnic. So way to go, uh, guessing that one. Uh, Congratulations overall, though, on your son's second place. <laughs> <laughs> Joss is a big, big uh, shift up one fan. I know. God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Joss. Uh, and it, overall leaderboard looks like this in third place from Canada. Kiss my um, Botas. I don't understand that. Kiss my Botas. Kiss my hmm. butt. Um, <laughs> from Canada also in, uh, <laughs> in second place, Ben Van Villeneuve. And leaping to the front of the field from Australia... In number one spot in Russia, car spin you. You got to feel for all the fantasy people who had Lando Norris. I know. That would have been a windfall. Could you imagine? Yeah. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter uh, at shift of one podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's not, nope. It's uh, twitter.com slash F1, shift F1 podcast. Yeah, okay. At shift F1 podcast. Right. Shift F1 podcast. That's right. I'm at Drew Scanlon. That, that is at Danny O'Dwyer. Rob Zachney is at Rob Zachney. That's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. The World Rally Cross Championship is in. Oh, boy. Uh, y- Yvaskalia, <laughs> Finland. Ooh, or their Finland yeah. uh, race event. Uh, the TM is back, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a Hockenheimring again in the Baden-Württemberg, Deutschland. 
the World Superbike Championship is at the Autodromo Internacional do Algarve. Did you say championship? <laughs> Did I? I don't know. Someone also noted in the, I think it was the Shift of One Discord, that I got my own name wrong once. Drew Scan Time. What yep. did you say? I think I said Drew Scanley. <laughs> hey, man, you do a lot of work on this podcast. You can, <laughs> I... you can be whoever you want, my friend. <laughs> uh, we also have the Camping World Trucks this weekend at Talladega. Speaking of hallowed oh, grounds. Terrific. In Alabama for the Chevy Silverado 250. Good name for a truck race. Uh see the nascar like xfinity series yes also at talladega for the sparks 300 at talladega sparks i really like hope the soda yeah i hope it's the drink oh, fuck yeah love some barks if you can find if ever i see diet barks i i will immediately get that I'm oh just, sorry no it's sparks oh god damn not it. barks different drink oh. uh have you ever had a sparks no so for the uninitiated, Sparks was like the four loco. It was both malt liquor and caffeine. Uh, Jeff Gersman had some pre-banned Sparks, like on a pallet in his garage, and he brought some to my very first GDC where I was working at Giant Bomb. Cool. And we had some, and whoa, I'm surprised <laughs> that podcast episode got out at all because, man, it, it, is it uh, a different type of drunk? Yeah, it shoots you way up there, and then you crash immediately. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I uh, don't know if that's that's who's sponsoring uh, this uh, Xfinity race, but uh, we've also Tell got... Tell them up the sparks, watch them f- buzz around the track, and then... <laughs> and then just skid off. Yeah. Uh, the supercars are at the Winton Motor Raceway for the Winton Super Sprint. Races Winton, one, two, not Lewiston. That's right. Uh, the Moto GP friends are at the Circuit of the Americas. <laughs> uh, the Motocross Grand Prix is also in Germany at, oh boy, Talkessel Teutschental for the Motocross Grand Prix of Germany. Nope. And we got NASCAR. Yeah, we at Talladega, Drew. We're also at Talladega for Talladega the Nats. Yellowwood 500. Hmm. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> it you also wanna... is spelled Yella Wood. Yella, hella Yella Wood. Camel Yellow case. Wood. Now I got to look up Yella Wood. I wonder if they sell Victorian dresses. <laughs> Yella Wood. Pressure treated lumber for oh, 50 years. Yeah course of course it is danny final thoughts after sochi uh yeah I, I i i'm done predicting anything um we've got a we've got the what's up next turkey is it yes yeah yeah not saying anything i feel like i'm gonna poison this i'm gonna flip reverse it no matter what i do uh i think uh, i saw a really good headline you know as we enter the sort of final third of the season um, this I believe more cars have led a race this year than I think in any season in at least the hybrid era or if not ever I forget what the headline was but it was it's like the most competitive season in the hybrid the era most, yeah and not just at the top but just in terms of who has ever been you know, in front. And just think back to three years ago, whenever anyone who wasn't Mercedes won a race, how much we enjoyed it. And this this year, it's just like insane. Like last year when Gasly won Monza, even it was nuts. But this year, it's like everything's just all over the place. Um, I hope we were waiting for 2022 because they were going to do this. It was going to be this. Yeah. But now we've actually landed in the spot where it's kind of already there. So I'm like, don't, <laughs> don't mess it up next year, everyone. But I cannot wait for the rest of the season. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into the twilight hours on this one or we're, we're yeah. approaching it, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, just loving every race. It's terrific. Yeah, we, we really are because we have <laughs> between six and seven races to go, whether that uh, November 21st race is actually confirmed, but the championship 
leaders are separated by two points. That is unheard of this late in the yeah. season for as long as I have been watching. There is a very, very, very good chance that this could go down to the last race. Yeah. Because it's 25 points. If there's a gap of 25 points, that's all you need. 26. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Turkey, yeah. uh, USA, Mexico, Brazil, Jeddah, and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Which one's the question mark over? Between Brazil and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I think they were saying maybe it was Qatar. Maybe it'll be... Um, I got another Bahrain double or Dabby something. Again? Double, or double Dabby. Maybe. Double Dabby. Double uh, <laughs> also, there were some pictures uh, of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I was not able to verify if they were recent, but um, that thing still looks real under construction. Nice. So, I'd love to see it. So hold on to your hats. Um, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes and the official Discord for Shift F1, you can do so over at patreon.com slash shift F1 or click the links in the show notes. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow. Mm-hmm.